Welcome to the Fearless Happiness Podcast, where we showcase phenomenal individuals who have overcome serious traumas, life obstacles, and challenges to find their own path to fearless happiness. Listen as Max Nast invites guests from all around the world to share their experiences and spread strength, hope, and faith. This is the Fearless Happiness Podcast, and this is Max Nast. All right. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in this world, everybody. You know who this is. It's Max from the Fearless Happiness Podcast. And today I brought on a special guest. His name is Brandon Damavong. Did I say that correctly? Sounds good. He's gonna share. So he's (laughs) gonna share his amazing story of his challenges and how he got to where he is today. And I was reading some of his things on there and, and some of the sayings we we like. You know, like one day at a time, this too shall. I used to hate that saying, Brandon, this too shall pass. It used to just like be that fingers on a chalkboard, but now I've grown to love it and understand it. Right. So, um, what I like to do, Brandon, is inter- have you introduce yourself to my audience, like who you are, what it is you do, and then we're going to rock and roll. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me on, Max. It's uh, definitely a pleasure. My name is Brandon. I am a lifestyle and confidence coach based here in Las Vegas. I have been doing life coaching for the past two years. And, you know, the intention is really just to, to help change this world in the best way that I know how, which is through sharing the obstacles and the adversity that I had to overcome, just as you do, right? with your podcast, just as most of us do with how we give advice or how we mentor other people. And, and that's really it, brother. Awesome. So since you led into that, right, this is going to be a great interview. Everybody pay attention to what Brandon is going to tell you. Right. So what I like to have you do, Brandon, is give us a little background, like where you came from, like some of those challenges growing up, right. You don't have to go back to like, I was born on this day and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, like what right. got you into life coaching and, and helping others as, as, as you do help others, people grow and, and gain their confidence. Where did you come from? Right. I think this is something that I have had a lot of difficulty pinpointing on the exact story or the exact moments of adversity that have led me to where I am. But I think from this point, the number one thing that has really shaped the journey and the path that I've been on has been drugs. Um, It's not so much addiction, like maybe you and some of the people around you have experienced it was more so of, I would say, how would I word this? When I was 12 years old, I think I was 12 or I think I was like 10. I was like 10 or 11 and my uncle had gotten out of prison and he went to prison for selling ecstasy and he got out of prison and came to live with me and my mom. And of course, you know, I didn't really have a father figure in my life. My dad was in my life, but he wasn't really there. And so when my uncle came to live with me and my mom, he became that father figure for me. And he started taking me to the gym and working out as a skinny little Asian kid. 
and I latched onto him, you know, like a father, like a son needing a father. And we would hang out, we would go to the gym. My mom would hate it because she knew what he was about. She knew what his habits were. She knew what he went to prison for. And when he got out, we became very close and we didn't really do anything for the first like two years. It was just really going to the gym, coming back. And then eventually we started building a bond and a relationship. And he would do a lot of freelance work, like painting gas stations, doing decks, backyards and stuff. Excuse me. And a lot of like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, carpenter work. Um, and so eventually he started taking me on these trips and I would help him and he would give me a little bit of money, like kind of like a allowance or some sort. And then there was one day we went, um, we went on a, a job, right? And he comes back in with this duffel bag of weed, of marijuana. And it's like four pounds. And this is in like 2000, I don't know, 2008 or 2007 when when it was very illegal, right? Right. And he goes, Hey boy, can you, can you sell this? And I was like, sure. You know, <laughs> why not? I was just kind of that yes man kid. Like when it came to at least the elders, right? Um, because I was kind of outcasted. I was a black sheep growing up and I didn't really fit in with my family or I would say my peers and my siblings and my cousins. So when it came to the adults, it was kind of just, they were the only people that I ever always, well, what's the word? I always um, confided in and I was always very comfortable with whatever it was that was happening. And I was, I never really judged a moment, you know, and now I think about it, it's like, why did I say yes? Why didn't I think twice that this is probably wrong? Right. Right. But it was because I just was a kid. I didn't know any better. Right. I was just, this is somebody that I look up to and he's asking me if I can do this. And I'm a first generation Ameri Asian American kid in Colorado. I don't know what the fuck illegal means. <laughs> right. um, so, okay. So long story short, right? He, he says, can you sell this? I said, yes. Right. So I start smoking weed, start selling weed. I was a terrible fucking dealer smoking all my product. And probably a month later, a month later, um, he, we go on another run and this time he's got this really, this like really royal blue duffel bag. I remember this so vividly. He comes back in the car, puts it in my lap, unzips and he goes, Hey boy, can you sell this? This big old bag of a thousand blue fucking Superman ecstasy pills. I was like, what is this? And he goes, it's X. Can you sell it? And I was like, fuck it let's try it. Right. Right. And I had no idea that his daughter, she's my cousin had been in this, in this scene, I would call it the, the scene, this, this industry almost her entire life. And she was the same age as me. And so what happened was her and I became best friends and we started hanging out all the time. And what happened after that was I started raving every single month i started popping pills and i started slanging pills and that became my life until i moved to las vegas four years ago and it continued to be my life for the longest time 
because that's all I knew was to hustle and to right. pop pills and to take drugs. But the crazy thing is, Max, where a lot of people, it consumed them. It was the only thing that would have saved me. And the reason why is because I had been rejected from the people that I wanted love from my entire life, my older brother, my siblings, my parents, you know, like I didn't get it the way I want it, like the way a normal child needs, right? A child right. needs quality time. They need to be heard. They need to be nurtured, right? They don't right. need materialistic items. They don't need gifts. They don't care about any of those things. They just want time. They want quality time. They want space. And so when you feel rejected like that, I don't know, have you, have you ever taken ecstasy or Molly? You know what? I never, even in all the years I was addicted, I cannot say that I ever took a Molly or some ecstasy. That was right. one of those and things that's... I got clean and sober and I'm like, damn, that's when I forgot to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> Early, like early That's recovery, not, I might have been like, okay, right. if I relapse, this is what I might go do because everybody talks about it. Uh, right. But no, right. I have not. I can't say I've had yeah. many friends of mine that say, you know, that have and yeah. have told me about it. So, right, right. Well, I think from my perspective, I think that would have changed the really big direction of your life, but that's okay, right? The reason why I ask you that is because. When you take ecstasy, when you take Molly, there, there's something that happens with the brain where it shuts off all negative thoughts, all anything that is bad, anything that is traumatic turns to love, literally. Right. And when you experience so much rejection and so much hate in your life, and then you experience the exact polar opposite of that, which is enlightenment and true love and bliss and unity and harmony it gives you that sense of hope it gives you that sense of i actually matter to people i actually have that connection with people and so when i started doing that at such a young age it taught me how to love selflessly and how to be compassionate and when I think about a lot of the coaching practices I use today that associate with Eastern philosophy like Taoism, Confucius, uh, even Plato, or you know, concepts like Buddhism, right. it is all derived from all humans are good and positive and karma and doing good means good will come back. And so it's all came full circle of starting with the drugs as sort of like a outlet i wouldn't say even an outlet more like a saving grace for me and essentially learning to harness the emotions that arise from taking the drugs i think that answers your question um and so after doing that for so many years it was just natural that i wanted to help people it was just natural that I wanted to help people feel better because I have been in a place where I never felt that. And when I did feel it, it was always when I was high. Right. So say going back, right? Because that's what you hear a lot of the times with, with gang members, right? Like they didn't have it at home. So they went out and they found mm -hmm. it, you know, and their homeboys gave them that love. Right. And then of course it right. morphs over time to 
right? You're getting in, you're committing crime. You're, you know, or in our case, we're getting high. Um, so what made you realize, what was that moment for you when you realized like, I, I got to change, right? As much as this is making me feel good, eventually this is not going to lead to a place, right? To where you're at now. If you would have kept dealing drugs, right? Um, that leads to prison time eventually, like your uncle, right? And, and did you have that moment where you had that, like that awakening where like, yeah, my uncle's cool. I love him. And he, he showed me love, but this is not the way to do it. Right. Like yeah, I'm going to get in right. some big trouble or you've heard it, right? Like some people take one of those pills, right. And it ends up killing them or frying their brain, right. Where now they're basically a vegetable because they got a bad pill or whatever the kid, you know, like with the fentanyl uh, crisis going on, right. Kid thinks he's getting a Vicodin, but it's laced with fentanyl. And that's the last time he took, you know, he gets to take anything because it kills him. So what was that moment like for you where you had that moment of awakening where like, as much as this is making me feel good, I know it's not good for me and I got to change. Right, right. For me, there has been various moments because I, I, I went through alcohol addiction at a very young age as well. And with the ecstasy, it was never really a problem honestly like i never was addicted to it i went to rave probably once a month for a very long time as a kid and when i started working out in 2011 when i was seven, 16 or 17 it just kind of organically stopped because i was working out so much i felt so good i was getting those natural endorphins believe it or not max i would go to a rave i would go in with a bag of 50 100 pills pop some you know <laughs> pop pop some x sell them all wake up the next day, go to the gym. And it was insane. It made no sense whatsoever. But when it really, when it really, when I really asked myself at the end of the day, like I just knew because my uncle, he actually committed suicide in 2017 um, because he didn't want to go back to prison. Honestly, long story short i don't think he committed suicide i think it was a wrongful death but it's fine it's not a big deal um i knew that it doesn't matter how big of a dealer you are or how much you're doing it just never ends well right so i knew in my head that it's always a means to an end and it was probably one of the most difficult things to do is because it's so easy the money is so fast and when you develop a system where you haven't gotten caught like why wouldn't you keep doing it right right but the big shift that happened for me was realizing once i moved to las vegas brother was i have too much to lose i have a home with you know my ex-girlfriend at the time i've i've built my way up to a really awesome career as a bartender at the time um i have really nice things in my house that i've worked for and obviously like my body that i've worked for i have, I have a whole i have a lot to lose now right? right and before when i was living at home with my mom you know it's like no bills right no bills you're kind of just living day to day you don't really have car payments or anything like you're driving a little beater um you don't really have crazy ambitious goals like you're kind of just letting the days pass you're getting drunk on the weekends with your homies Right. And you just, you don't really think past 
two years, three years from now, right? And so the thing that changed for me was one, when I left Colorado, and then two, when I realized like, when you have to work for your shit, when you actually have to do something for it and and have that pride of saying, oh, wow, like I have all of these things in my home and it's a whole vibe because of that. And if I were to fuck up and continue doing this, I would go to prison and lose everything. Yeah. That was like the biggest moment. And to be honest, there are times where I still am able to, to take these drugs in moderation right because i understand that life is about balance and i've never been in that situation where this specific drug has consumed me to the bone now if we're talking about alcohol yeah you're right get out of here i'm not going to drink anymore right but when it comes to this specific one it's something that i've always had balance with see and that's some people can do that see where me i i probably like it i to me i'm i i have to be completely abstinent right because i just me i'm all or nothing right and then if something right. really makes me feel good like that or changes my brain and i'm just speaking for me everybody like i'll go balls to the wall until it ends up wrecking my life right because as you say like i don't know moderation right when it comes to drinking or doing drugs it's just not in my system right um but and i appreciate there's people out there that can drink in moderation there's people that can do whatever in moderation and that's just not me but that's why i bring guys like you or individuals like you that share you know that they didn't have to let that wreck their lives to the point where i did 15 years in prison because i you know i got caught selling and bringing drugs across state lines and blah 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 right and let me tell you, audience, this guy's in great shape. You guys can't see him, but I'm telling you, this guy's in great shape. <laughs> so, but that's part of who you are now, right? Is right. You work on mind, body, and spirit. And I'm sure you do that with the clients you work with, right? Cause, and you know, I don't have to tell you because I could, I could see, but when I'm physically not feeling well, my brain seems to follow and then I don't feel good, right? I get depressed or cause I'm not giving myself those natural endorphins, right? But every time, and I'm being, you know, good with my workouts at least three to four times a week, you know, and eating right, I feel good, right? Like I, I right. makes me not even think about having to go backwards, right? Cause, you know, a lot of the times I did my drugs is cause I wanted to feel good or I wanted to numb something or, or whatever the case may be. And that's right. why I like having guests like you, right? You, cause you could share your story, right? Cause I want my audience. To pick because trust me brandon i used to be that guy when i first became a counselor i'd have been that guy like dude if you don't do this if you don't do the 12 steps brandon and you don't follow my direction you're gonna fucking die right and you'd look at me like wow do you really like you're kind of like crazy with that bro right and, and i've learned over the years right and being sober for so long people find their way in life or their recovery the way they want to right and i can't knock that Right. Some people like I teach mindfulness to some of my clients because they'll tell me, dude, first first meeting ever, they'll go, Max, I'm not doing the 12 steps. So don't even ask. And I go, I haven't. <laughs> you know what I mean? So what do you want to do? Right. Like, so what do you want to do? But um, but I, I like that philosophy where you, you know, you take 
the Buddhist, the Eastern, and 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 it sounds like you just mix it all in and help a client come up with what works for them. And so talk about that a little bit more, what like how you've gotten yourself to that point and how you work with people when they come to you and say, Hey, Brandon, I need to change my life because like my confidence level sucks. I need your help. Right. <laughs> you know. Right. right. So real quick, I'll I'll touch base on something that will lead to that is you know when you talk about the discipline with what you eat and working out and taking care of your body the way that i see it and the way that i've seen a lot of other people talk about this as well is your mind and your body are two separate entities that coexist and work together right right and so comfort is what kills right drugs provide comfort love provides comfort food provides comfort all things that we can consume in excess amounts right and so the key here the idea max is to always challenge the body because if we can challenge the body what challenges the body the mind challenges the body and so when you think about this from a very far perspective from a different perspective you see that confidence is this constant battle of who is in control confidence is this constant battle of does your body have the power or does your mind have the power and in order to develop that confidence you must discipline the body you must challenge the body so that the mind is in control and when your mind is in control you can develop the confidence now when we're talking about my practice it's it's exactly that that's why we focus firsthand on the physical plane right we call this a higher self triangle there's triangle where there's divided into three and the bottom is the physical plane the external the middle is the internal and then the the, the very top is the higher slash most confident self and in order to reach that most confident self you have to master the basics you have to master the basics of the physical plane of the external environment you have to one detach from the materialistic items from the validation and two you have to step into taking care of this temple that we have of this temple that associates with the mind and discipline the temple and create that structure with the temple because if this temple has a strong foundation when we dive into the mind the darkest parts of the mind we can handle it because we've developed grit we've developed resilience we've developed all these skills that come with disciplining the body right now not all the time you need it right but if we're talking about creating the system for success and creating something that will not fail this is the way that I've always done it right and that sounds very familiar right because if you listen to the guys okay for instance like and I've mentioned him on my podcast and you probably know of him David Goggins, right? Yep. That's how he did it. Like first person put, came to my mind too. Right? His he put his body through hell, right? Because you if you I read Can't Hurt Me, right? It's all about how he pushes himself, right? His new book is more about how to 
make that mind strong, right? And how you could push yourself beyond whatever you thought you could before, right? And he's, he's, uh, right. He's, <laughs> he's special. I like to say, right. Because a lot of people are not going to go, Max, I'm not going to go become an army ranger. I'm not going to be a seal. I'm not going to run a hundred plus miles in a day. Right. But I like his philosophy, right? Because he's right. And, and you know it, right. Our minds are the most powerful. I like to call it right. The, the supercomputer on this earth is our minds, right? right. More How did we get the internet, right? People who had really strong minds and, and, and were smart, but any of us, right. That have gone through adversity or challenges. A lot of it was our mind that got us through it. If you, if you know what I mean, right? Like I've had those 100%. moments where I was at my rock bottom and it was my brain telling me just one more, you know, like get up. If you can get up, you'll get through this, right? When I, my body was like in my, partly my brain too going, I don't want to go on anymore, right? Like I can't take it. Um, but I believe in, in strengthening the mind, you know, through your body sometimes, right? Because I'm, I'm 55 now and I feel better than I did at 45, right? Cause I started working right. out more and, and eating better. Um, and I gotta, I, I gotta keep it up because some days that old brain of mine goes, you just take a nap, Max, you'll be fine. Right. And that's when I have to go, nope, I gotta go out and do this or right. So, so that's great that, that, because I'm with you on that. I believe, because I always feel better when my body feels better. It's like, because then my mind starts to think of other things I can do, right? But when I'm not feeling good, my brain just goes, okay, you just do whatever. If you want to go take a nap, go take a nap, right? Um, so how do you, okay, so you, you you just told us about how you start with the body. How do you help your clients and yourself, right? Work on that brain part, like where you keep it sharp or you don't let those negative, right? Because a lot of us have... A lot, of, a lot of negative self-talk that goes into our brains, right? That little voice right. in the back says, "You're not good enough. You don't need to. You don't need to hit the gym, man. You can go hit the Cheetos, you know, or whatever the case may be." Right, um, right. So, how do you how do you work on your mind on a constant basis that you keep it focused and right and and so that you can be the best for your clients? Right. For me, I definitely, I definitely always must challenge myself. Right. If I'm not challenging myself. It is, I go into comfort just like everybody else. I'm a normal fucking person. I, I am not, you know, extremely special. And I don't think anybody really is to an extent. It's more so about understanding how, how much you can handle when it comes to comfort. And even myself, when it comes to polarity, and we're talking about polarity of life, ice and heat hot and cold rain and or you know sun and snow and being in shape not being in shape skinny fat right um healthy not healthy you have to experience both sides to really appreciate that right and so i just went through last this last month max i was doing doordash every single day for like two weeks straight and I just let myself go and let myself go because I just got lost in business work, lost in content creation, lost in music creation that I just forgot about my body, right? And it's not bad that I did, but 
I felt it in my mind. I felt it and I stopped meditating. I stopped doing a lot of practices. I, and then slowly, slowly what started seeping in was that negativity, that pessimism, that victim mindset. And so it's so funny that you asked me, how do I do it? Because I just had to pull myself out of that not too long ago. And even at whatever level, even if you're fucking David Goggins, it happens to David Goggins. It happens to everybody because nobody is exempt from the fucking storm. Nobody is exempt from the storm of life and the storm of emotions. It's just life, right? It happens. Now, how do you pull yourself out? You start with the basics, right? You focus on structure. You focus on routine yep. and you develop some sort of system that says, I'm going to wake up and I'm not going to look at my phone for an hour. I'm going to go to sleep and I'm going to do 15 minute meditation before bed. I'm going to set up my outfit for the next day. And those little things can set your day up for success, right? Now we're still talking physical here. Now, what about the mindset, Brandon? What about the mental drama that comes with all that emotional baggage, that physical baggage of feeling like crap and numbing your body with food, with drugs, with TV, whatever it is, with porn. The story I want to share with you is a story that I made up about positive affirmations and how it kind of works. And positive affirmations is something that I have really, really used this last couple years on developing that abundance mindset in order to create so much positive momentum in my life. And there's a lot of people that will say positive affirmations don't work, positive affirmations this. But at the end of the day, when you're reconditioning the mind, Max, it doesn't matter if you believe it works or not. You owe it to yourself to fucking try it, right? Absolutely. But you have to understand how it works when you try it. And right. that's where people start to misconstrue this idea of it works, it doesn't work. They try it for a month and nothing changes. Well, here's the story, Max. Imagine you're in a backyard and you're locked in this backyard. And this backyard is an eternity backyard where you don't die. And there's two dogs in this backyard. Now, there's a black dog that represents negative thoughts, negative feelings, and negative events, negative circumstances, and negative results. And then the white dog is the positive dog that represents exactly the opposite. Now, every single day, you're given this treat. And this treat, you can't split it in half. You only get one. And you're going to get one every single day for the next year. And what happens is when we fall into that victim mindset, when we fall into that scarcity, that lack mindset with ourselves, we have subconsciously, mindlessly feeding, been feeding that negative dog day after day after day, right? right? And so what happens is one day we wake up and we say, we have this little glimpse of sunshine from the, those clouds. And we say, I just, I just have this weird intuition, this gut feeling to do something different. And so we decide to say something positive to ourselves. And we decide to look for this positive dog in this backyard. And some days, Max, we can't find it, right? Because that dog is no longer anywhere to be found because we haven't been feeding it for a long time. Right. And so one day, we finally fucking see it. And we're like, huh, I haven't seen him for a long time. Let me give him this treat. Give him the treat. He eats it. And we're like, that felt really good, right? 
And then what happens is we go to bed and all those feelings get washed away and we wake up in that automatic mode, automatic negativity mode, because that's the, that's the, where the mind has been conditioned. And so what happens is we go through day in and day out and some days we remember, oh shit, remember that day? I was, I was feeling really positive. It's because it's I think it's because I fed that positive dog, right? I'm going to go do that again. And some days it takes so much effort to find that dog, to find that positive dog. And that's the energy of getting it us, ourselves to say it out of our, our throat because we're so, our body's so comfortable with where it is. Right. It's not allowing us to open up that throat chakra and to say these words. And so, what happens is, let's say fast forward a little bit. Well, we've been feeding this dog three days a week, right? right? So three days out of the week, we're positive. We're feeling good. What we don't understand is that when, when a dog or anything is fighting for survival, it needs its food, it's going to come back. That negative dog is going to come back and bark at us and scratch at us, right. even when we feed that positive dog. And when we feed that positive dog and the treat's fucking gone, do you think that negative dog is going to leave us alone? Nope. Damn right it's not. It's going to come back even harder. And guess what's going to happen the next day? The next day, it knows now you're going to give that treat to the fucking positive dog. Right. And so what is it going to do? It's going to try even fucking harder to get in that fucking treat. And so now we realize that for the next year, for the next six months, it's going to be this constant battle back and fucking forth between both of these dogs. And that is where we really learn to constantly use that positive self-talk, that positive affirmation. And you can even use mantras. You can even use prayer base. But at the end of the day, that negative dog never stops barking at you. Right. Even when you're at your stage, when you're at my stage, when you're at Elon Musk's stage of success, David Goggins, they have a negative dog that's probably just as big as ours. True, right? We're not immune from it, right? We just guys like you and I and, and well, who we just mentioned, David and Elon, they just know how to handle that, right? Um, they just right, right? they've they've program their brain to shut that down at times when they know they need to, right? I'm sure they listen to it sometimes, maybe for their own humor, right? Like, all right, I'm going to listen to that, but I ain't going to like <laughs> act on it, right? You know? Right. Um, right. And it, it's like anything, it just takes practice, right? Like those positive affirmations. I, I, I do that with clients and they, you should see the cross-eyed look like, what do you mean? Like, you tell them to talk. I good just have to, to say this. Are you serious? Yeah. Like, yeah, dude, just fucking say it. <laughs> yeah, right. Just, and they look at you like, "What do you mean? Like, nobody's ever talked to me nice. So why would I talk to my now uh, self nicely?" I said, "Right, we're gonna right. break this cycle, right? We're gonna break the cycle, and we're gonna make some change in your life." And you know, and I start with that and, and a gratitude journal. Um, you know, it's it takes work, and you're letting everybody know in my audience that. Like change happens over time, right? But you got to do the work is what I'm hearing. Right. You, you have right? to show up every day. Right. And here's, here's what I'll add to that, Max, is when we are in the victim and the negative and the scarce mindset, what is the danger sign when you're in that state of mind? It's the optimism. It's the positive things. It's the abundance, 
right? And so when your mind is programmed to see optimism as a danger sign, we have to step into that optimism and create the negativity to be our danger sign. Think about it this way. When you see somebody that's super negative, always complains, when somebody's extremely positive, they're going to hate on that person. They're going to voice that that person ah, screeches them. It, it, it bothers them because that's their danger sign. And when you are able to see that as a negative person, positivity is not your comfort zone. And when you're a positive person, negativity is not your comfort zone. You start to create almost instant responses right. to the polar opposite. So like you and I, when we're at when we're at a social setting, oh, I'm sure you are the same way where you can just you can just spot when somebody's just ah, bad vibes, negative, do not talk to them, right? right? Do not entertain that energy because that does not serve you and energy is contagious. Energy right. is can be a good cancer or a bad cancer that spreads. Right. right. Negativity is a fucking awful cancer that spreads that will will slowly creep in. But so is optimism. So is positivity. Right. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more because. Uh, right. I always say, like when I interview my guests and, and even the people around me, right, I want to be an example of what to do, not what not to do. Right. Because I want to walk right. into a room and someone go, I get that. That guy's got a positive vibe to him. You know, I'm going to go talk to him or whatever. Right. And, and I want to bring, cause well, one, I'm a husband, I'm a father and I'm a grandfather. Right. And I wanted, those are my biggest audiences, right. Of, Oh, I like what grandpa's doing, or I like what my husband's doing. Right. right. Instead of like, yeah, I don't want to be like grandpa. Not at all. Right, you know, they, right, could go to, right. they go to mom and dad and they say, I don't want to go to grandpa's <laughs> house. Right. Yeah. Don't right? hang out with grandpa. Yeah, not going exactly. to grandpa's house. Right. <laughs> right. So um oh, man, I, that hits home for me so much, Max, because of like, oh, my me and my uh my ex of five years, she was um she's she's Mexican and also Asian, and she grew up with a very tight, tight family. And my family being Laos is growing up in that very tight, tight family, and it's just we just experienced so much toxicity and so much negativity in the in you know i think most families gossip a lot right especially right. when it comes to really large families yeah. so i know that you probably understand so well, and i'm sure a lot of the listeners here will understand if you come from that mexican asian culture where you have a huge family <laughs> and your family just gossips all the time like like you have to really actively be conscious of how that's going to affect you and your confidence growing up, you know, and realize that setting boundaries between the people that you grew up with is extremely difficult, but will also provide you with a really big breakthrough if eventually. Um, right. But like, just like you were saying, you know, you want to be that person that says, I, I do. I do want you to go see grandpa. I do want you to go hang out with uncle or uncle Max, you know, because uncle Max is positive. He does good things and he has good energy. And that's, a, that's so great. I really love that. I love that. Right. And because that will lead into my question. I want to ask you, right. I wrote a book, same name as my podcast, fearless happiness. So I like to ask my guests, especially in our space, right. What you do and stuff like that, because if you think about right. it, like really, we're not going to be 
fearless, right? There's always some type of fear that creeps in, but we can fear less, right? So what does fearless mean to you? And how does that show up in your life today, Brandon? Oh, man, fearless. (laughs) I feel like my life has been this, this constant state of being fearless. And to me, Max, being fearless is just trying shit out. It's just saying, you know what? Let's just see what happens. Let's just, let's just go with it. Like you have an idea, you have a dream, you have a passion, like try it out. The, the biggest thing that I tell myself on a daily basis, when I tell myself, Oh, I'm too scared to do that. Oh, I don't want to do that. I ask myself, when I'm fucking 60 years old, when I'm 70 years old, when I'm on my deathbed, am I going to regret not making this decision? Am I going to sit here and be like, I wish I started that coaching business? Am I going to say, I wish I started producing music? Am I going to say, I wish I competed in that show one more fucking time to see what happened? And if the answer is yes, I know it's time to fucking do it, right? But it's it's really difficult because it's like how does somebody step into that when they have not been trained that way or they haven't just actively been in that confidence with themselves right and there's no really black and white answer to that but the simplest way is like everybody has to start somewhere right just start and do it right whether it's like I like to say, and I've had many guests <laughs> don't say I do it no matter if it scares the shit out of me. Just trying. At least I tried it, right? Right. Because we learn to fail forward, right? And we will never know unless we try something, right? And, and go do it. Um. So I love that answer. Thank you so much. My next question is happiness. So I put a Y in it. If I don't know if you could see that on my little thing there, I yep, did that I for do. a reason, right? So. Knowing I put a Y in happiness, what does happiness mean to you? And how does that show up in your life? Happiness. Happiness for me is, is really knowing that I allow myself to do and to pursue what I want to pursue. It's me stepping into not the most confident version of myself but the most curious version of myself it's me allowing myself to say i'm good with where i'm at always but the sky's the fucking limit right Right? and so it kind of goes hand in hand with fearless right happiness and fearless i love it and because in order for me to be happy i have to be fearless i have to try new things i have to put myself out there I have to chase my dreams. I have to pursue my passions in order to be happy. Because if I'm not constantly filling my cup up, how can I be happy? If I'm not constantly doing the things that fucking light me up, how can I be happy? Right. I love it. Exactly. Right. Pushing our, like David Goggins says, learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable. That's where I find happiness. I used to not, right? Because I didn't, that was scary to me. But now right. that, you know, I have a few years under my belt uh, of a- actually being able to feel and <laughs> experience things, right? It's a great feeling, right? And uh, 
and it makes me grateful, right? Like to have you as my guest and, and to hear your story and how you go about life and right where we have the similarities, right? Because I tell a lot of people, right? Especially in what I do for work is, right? Instead of looking for the differences, see where the similarities are, right? And then connect with right. people, right? Because the opposite, you know, and people have heard me say this before, and I just came to my mind, but the opposite of addiction is connection, right? And when we have more connection right. Right. with others and, you know, our family members and, you know, friends, you know, like I have a new friend in Brandon, right? Like that brings happiness, right? And I can... I can look at the world through new, like uh, one of the old timers of A says, I look through life through a new pair of glasses now, right? Because I see things differently. So, right. you know, Brandon, thank you for that so much. If someone wanted to work with you, right, or get in contact with you, tell my audience how they can get a hold of you. And also put in right. show notes, but how can they get a hold of you? Of course. Um, I would, I'll just share with you real quick, Max. I wrote that down. Opposite of addiction is connection. That's fire. That's fire. That's powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, if somebody was to be interested with working with me, uh, they can go to my website, northstarsenergy.com and opt in and put in their information, or they can find me on Instagram at northstarsenergy. Shoot me a DM, either or. I also have an email. That is Brandon at NorthStarsEnergy.com. You can shoot me an email as well. Any of those three will help. I host bi-weekly workshops every other Saturday um, on Zoom. And that's on my website as well, helping men develop confidence and helping them understand some of the things that are holding them back. I offer a free free workout plan for anybody that's looking to get started with their self-development journey and their confidence journey because that is the number one thing that will set you up for success because it does teach you delayed gratification, but it also does produce those good hormones that will help give us that momentum to develop the confidence in the future. And then my Instagram and TikTok are both North Stars Energy that I provide many confidence tips and a lot of value for. Awesome. I'm going to have to find you and go follow you on uh, Instagram. Are you on, uh, what about Facebook? Facebook, uh, Facebook, I have that is inactive, um, but you can find me at Brandon Tamavong for a personal account. Most of my Instagram reels and content is shared on Facebook as well. Awesome. So um, this has been an amazing interview. Thank you so much, Brandon, for being here with me today. But you're not off the hook quite yet, right? <laughs> I, 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 to, I, I, I love where this is going. And I'm I, like, let's just keep going. <laughs> but I got to ask you one last question um, before I let you go. And that is, and I always do this with everybody is, what is the one piece of advice you would give my audience to help them grow as a human being and become a better human being? The one piece of advice that I would give to your audience to become a better human being is to always remember that what goes around comes around to practice good karma and to always love first. If somebody ever is mean or rejects you, understand that it is a reflection of themselves and not you and to not take it personal. Awesome. I appreciate that. I appreciate you for being here today. So everybody, if, if Brandon made you smile, if he made you think, if he made you go, as you know, I like to say, if he made you go, hmm, mm. if you learned <laughs> something today, 
please go to iTunes and leave a five-star review so that people can find the podcast and learn from Brandon. And um, until next time, everybody, I will talk to you later. And again, Brandon, thank you for being here. Are you tired of being weighed down by life's traumas and struggles? Join the Fearless Happiness Lifestyle and let us guide you toward a brighter future. Explore our past podcast episodes and get a copy of the Fearless Happiness book to ignite your inner strength. If you or someone you love is battling addiction or facing challenges related to unresolved trauma, know that we are here for you. Visit maxnaist.org, M-A-X-N-I-J-S-T dot O-R-G, and take the first steps toward finding your fearless happiness. Thank you for listening. This has been a production of Fearless Happiness.